Hello and marhaba. Welcome back to the Moroccan History Podcast. My name is Saeed. Episode 2, Atlas, King of the Mori. In this episode, we will discuss the mythical foundations of the Kingdom of Mauritania and try and draw a portrait of Atlas, its legendary first king and founder. Now let's go back thousands of years, to the year 600 BC. The world is very different from what we know today. In the east, the ancient kings of Judah are warring against the pharaohs of Egypt, and the Babylonians have just defeated the last king of Assyria in a battle of biblical proportions. Around the Mediterranean, the cities of Milan and Marseille have just been founded. In the Italian peninsula, centuries before the Roman Empire, the Etruscans have just captured the small settlements of Rome, making it a prosperous trading center. Democracy has not even been invented yet, and the Greek cities of Athens and Sparta are still emerging. North Africa is split between the Egyptians, the Phoenicians, and the Carthaginians, until a new power emerges in the extreme northwest of Africa, the Kingdom of Mauritania. Now, to avoid any confusion, I will only refer to the ancient kingdom of Mauritania that was geographically located in modern-day northern Morocco and parts of northwest Algeria, bordering the Mediterranean Sea to the north and the Atlantic Ocean to the west. The ancient kingdom of Mauritania we will talk about today and in the next few episodes should not be confused with the modern country of Mauritania, which was founded in 1958 and whose territory does not actually even overlap ancient Mauritania at all. The modern country's name derives from the ancient kingdom of Mauritania and was named thus by colonial France because of the territory's historical affiliation with Morocco. So for all intents and purposes, the Mauritania spoken of in this podcast will always refer to the historical kingdom from antiquity. Now historians consider the ancient kingdom of Mauritania to be the precursor of Morocco. However, the establishment of the kingdom of Mauritania is shrouded in mystery and largely built within a classical mythological framework. In the ancient world, the extreme northwest of Africa was equivalent to the ends of the earth, the place where the sun set and where the great sea of darkness began. Such a place has unsurprisingly played a very important role in the fertile imagination of the ancient Greeks. It became known as the land of Atlas, who subsequently became the first king of Mauritania. The great mountains on this land took his name and so did the sea of darkness beyond it. These became the Atlas Mountains and the Atlantic Ocean. Now the character of Atlas himself is built upon mythical grounds and it is very hard to separate fact from fiction. The ancient Greeks described him as a titan who was condemned to hold the celestial heavens for all eternity 
after he lost the great war between the Titans and the Olympian gods. The ancient Greek poet Hesiod, who was alive in 600 BC when Mauritania was first established, described Atlas as a Titan king who stood at the ends of the earth in the extreme west, in a geographical part corresponding to modern-day Morocco. 500 years later, Diodorus and ancient Greek historians living in the 1st century BC described Atlas as the inventor of astronomy and credits him with inventing the first celestial sphere. According to him, Atlas, quote, perfected the science of astrology and was the first to publish to mankind the doctrine of the sphere. And it was for this reason that the idea was held that the entire heavens were supported upon the shoulders of Atlas. This myth is a hint at his discovery and description of the sphere, end quote. So Diodorus describes Atlas as a really skilled astronomer who invented the sphere. Atlas was also said to be very skilled in philosophy, mathematics, and a great lover of the classical arts. Such was the extent of Atlas's myth that Plato named the legendary lost city of Atlantis after him. Some Greek myths even go as far as to describe Atlas as the first king of Atlantis. King Atlas also plays an important role in the myth of the Twelve Labors of Heracles, or Hercules, when the Greek hero had to retrieve the golden apples of the Hesperides, the nymph daughters of Atlas. In this story, Atlas is again described as a titan holding the earth. Now, despite being credited by contemporary Greek poets as the founder of the Kingdom of Mauritania, King Atlas does not seem to exist outside the realm of mythology. In fact, it wasn't until the Second Punic War in 215 BC, so almost 400 years after the supposed rule of Atlas, that history records the first king of Mauritania and the Mori people. King Baga, or King Bagas, as he was known, is the first king of Mauritania who is historically attested for. This king is remembered for helping Rome fight the Carthaginian forces of the extraordinary military commander Hannibal. However, according to the French historian Gabriel Caen, who specialized in ancient Berber history, King Baga was most probably a member of a much older dynasty that could, theoretically at least, stretch all the way back to the mythical King Atlas. What is certainly recorded by history is that King Baga ruled over Mauritania from his capital of Shallah, located in present-day Morocco, near the capital city of Rabat. The numerous legends surrounding King Atlas, their culturally transcendental nature, and their historical continuity can be understood as irrefutable proof of the existence of a powerful king in the extreme west of the Mediterranean that inspired them. On the other hand, the lack of any tangible archaeological evidence or any written mention outside the ancient Greek literary sources attests to the dubious nature of the existence of a historical king named Atlas. But the existence of a more or less centralized and organized state in the extreme northwest of Africa is historically attested for by the writings of the Phoenicians and the Carthaginians, and later even the Romans, who developed trade with the Mori people. Architecturally, the ruins of cities such as Shella, near the present-day Moroccan capital of Rabat, or Volubilis, near the Moroccan city of Fez, 
attest to the ancient establishments of the Kingdom of Mauritania. So, what we should take from this is that Atlas was probably indeed a mythical figure, but was most likely based on a real king around whom the founding myths of Mauritania were built. We could draw parallels between the founding myth of Mauritania to that of Rome, and how the Eternal City was built by the legendary Romulus. Although many of these traditions incorporate elements of mythology and folklore, and it is not clear to what extent a historical figure underlies the mythical Atlas, the events and institutions ascribed to him were central to the myths surrounding Mauritania's origins and cultural traditions. After King Atlas, very few sources from the Kingdom of Mauritania have survived to this day. What was probably written about the kings of Mauritania succeeding its legendary founder was most likely burnt by the barbarian hordes of Visigoths during the sack of Rome in 410 AD. However, a chronological succession of kings of Mauritania has made its way into recorded history. Starting with King Bocchus I in 110 BC and ending with King Ptolemy in 40 AD, the Kingdom of Mauritania actually played an important role in the Roman Republic and the Roman Empire, which we will explore in the next episode through the reign of King Juba II. King Juba II, who was probably the most important king of Mauritania, and who actually married the daughter of Cleopatra VII of Egypt and Mark Antony. In conclusion, it is interesting to see how Berber and Greek mythology have inspired each other and at times even completed their own respective stories with foreign elements. The deification of Atlas probably has roots in the manner with which the Mori treated their kings in classical antiquity. Divine theocracies were very common and rulers were believed to be descendants of the gods, or even gods themselves. This belief was reinforced with the development of the imperial cult in Rome, as we will see in the next episode, which will be centered around the rule of Juba II. Thank you for tuning in to the second episode of Winds of the West. I hope you have learned something new about King Atlas, and I will talk to you in the next episode about King Juba II of Mauritania.